Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, in this episode, I wanted to talk about the uh, Gullah Geechee community a bit. Um, I know that I haven't talked that much on the podcast about them, and I think, you know, they're definitely an ethnic group uh, that really, um, you know, you, you definitely have to um, mention them, especially if you're talking about um, Creole populations. And a lot of people say, well, are they Creole? Do they count? Well, yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people are very, you know, hooked on the fact that... Um, Creole has to do with like French or uh, people of French descent. It's not always that. Um, when I have my channel and I talk about Creole people, I really focus. For me, it's really like, as, especially as someone uh, with a linguistic background, it's mainly, um, you know, language. Like for me, it, it, I, you know, if I when I talk about uh, and try to label who is Creole. I go by language. Do you speak a Creole language? And the Gullah language is a Creole language. So just to give um, a bit of a definition, we're, we're going to, for people who are not sure, we're going to go on the Balagichi Cultural Heritage Corridor Commission site. Um, and so it says the Gullah Geechee people are descendants of Africans who were enslaved on the rice, indigo, and sea island cotton plantations of the lower Atlantic coast. Many of the rice growing regions, many came from uh, the rice growing regions of West Africa. The nature of their enslavement on isolated island and coastal plantations created a unique culture with deep African retentions that are clearly visible in the Gullah Geechee people's distinctive arts, craft, foodways, music, and language. Gullah Geechee is a unique Creole language spoken in the coastal areas of North Carolina. South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. The Gullah Geechee language began as a simplified form of communication among the people who spoke many different languages, including uh, European slave traders, slave owners, and diverse, diverse African ethnic groups. The vocabulary and grammatical roots come from African and European languages. It is the only distinctly African Creole language in the United States and has influenced traditional southern vocabulary and speech that is all true the only thing that i would like to note is that um the Gullah language is not is one of the few creole languages that we do have um in the united states obviously as i've um, discussed many a time before you know there is louisiana creole um and that's another thing you know a lot of people were like wait a minute why am i comparing um you know charleston and new orleans well those are the two centers as i've once said of the only uh two creole speaking groups in the United States. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you might find a little, uh, a few others, um, but that those are the main guys, right? And so um, what is interesting is that I'm going to talk about in another video a lot more depth about kind of like um, some like history things and um, other things. But what I wanted to do is have kind of a short video today where I talk about um, a little bit about like whole, like the whole process of decreolization and how that's affecting um, the Gullah Geechee community and what what it's looking like now, right? So, uh, as I stated in my last episode, de what is decreolization? So, decreolization is um, a process by which a Creole language essentially undergoes its form of simplification and language loss to a certain extent, where it becomes more like the mother language, um, or some people might say like superstrata, all that type of stuff, right? So um, if we wanted to look at like, okay, what is uh, the lexifier of Gullah, right? Like essentially who is, if Gullah is the child, 
who is the mother and that would be english the majority of the vocabulary and everything comes from english right but we definitely do want to state uh if this hasn't been clear gullah is not a type of english gullah is not a type of english gullah is a language that is similar to english but it is not english okay and that misconception has uh you know led to a lot of things that you know we'll talk about um maybe in future episodes a little bit more like um a lot of stigmatization and stuff like that regarding um the language and people not wanting to speak it and stuff like that which i definitely do believe technically contributes to decriminalization um regardless so essentially what we're talking about is the fact that gullah is becoming more um similar to english like if we had like a little um i guess i don't know like a piece of paper and we were like okay at the end we have like the most creolized form of gullah and at the other end we had english where gullah is at right now is getting closer and closer to the end that is you know where english is located and you might say well why is that happening is that normal it is normal we are seeing um decreolization throughout the caribbean um throughout places where english creole languages uh exist okay most notably you'll find um decreolization in places um i mean honestly anywhere in the caribbean like um even like you know a grenada a trinidad um you know a uh, i don't know even to a certain extent in jamaica okay uh, that's just kind of what is going on right and i think why that is in maybe like the decriminalization is really in full force is because of the fact that um a lot of english creole languages didn't um or maybe right now they're not super divergent from english and so a lot of the speakers are not really conscious of the fact that they're bilingual they don't know that they have another language at their disposal they clearly and truly believe that they are speaking a poor or bad or even broken form of english right um and they will routinely tell you that talk to any native speaker of an english creole language and many of them i would i swear to you the vast majority will say that they speak a broken language or something of that sort and so when you have internalized the idea that your language is broken and your speech is improper and there's something wrong with it you are going to inevitably try to fix it right so instead of having like you know this sort of what we would call um diglossia where you have maybe two forms of the language like um, operating in a single society right uh well essentially that would be more so um bilingualism the glossia is a little bit related we're not going to get into that super linguisticy um but instead of having that bilingualism in the where you know sometimes you speak english sometimes you speak creole a lot of the time it's like this sort of um loosely defined um i don't even know how to describe it but loosely defined where where the lines are essentially blurred we we don't quite know what is english and what is gullah at sometimes and that is you know that happens you know that is, you know i i've talked about that concept in the case of louisiana where um in some cases some people in their own personal speech is kind of like french and creole just kind of like um exist <laughs> and you know sometimes you know creole makes an appearance sometimes french makes an appearance and then it kind of just mushes into a little bit of a ma- like mashed potatoes of sorts uh and it, we, we have trouble defining what, what someone is speaking because it's just like they're doing both at the same time you know what i mean um and if that starts to happen with a lot of people we start to say that okay well as a society we don't quite know um or it's hard to define which is which right 
and and that's definitely the case where um, I read an art. Uh, oh, ooh, 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 I read an article. There we go. I read an article by, an, and the author was saying, um, well, she was studying Jamaica, right? And she was saying that what is going on in Jamaica nowadays is that nobody quite really knows how to speak Creole, and nobody quite knows how to speak English. It's kind of morphed into a sort of intermediate of sorts, where people routinely speak um, a little bit of English, a little bit of Patois. It's not, it, it, and and it's kind of like because of that, some people in Jamaica really. Um, might not really distinguish like okay well this is Creole this is English and that I would say is even maybe more prominent in the Gullah Geechee communities where um, it, I think there's even a less self um, awareness in terms of uh, self linguistic awareness meaning that even fewer Gullah Geechee people compared to Jamaicans are conscious of the fact that they're they are bilingual and so it's kind of like the people who are there are people speak like their speech is almost like a creolized english where it's there they speak english but there are creole traits there are little um parts of their english that are peculiar they are interesting and when you look back at it you realize oh that's because they're it's like this is how you do it in creole and that's why their english is like that okay and you know the, even i was reading a, a study from like um gosh when was it conducted i think uh in the 90s and even back then um you know they were looking at uh, galagichi speakers and trying to elicit what we call spontaneous discourse uh, meaning they want people to just talk fluently in their how they normally would um and you know i was reading some of the um you know the, the data samples of the corpus and i was like wait a minute like this is so realized like even back then it was like and and they you know what's interesting is that they, i read through the methods and what they did was they specifically selected uh, populations that are known to have the most basilic or the most I guess you could say most Creole type of Creole meaning they selected older individuals with very limited education okay um, and even their speech was I would say leaning toward English they did have some interesting things like once in a while you would hear them say Hana um, for like the plural you um, uh, you would hear I mean there were interesting things like you know adverbs were um you know placed in, in an interesting way and they only appeared after the verb which is a, um, a consistent with creole um you would hear like the disappearance of like uh determiners uh and um the disappearance of some um static verb and stuff like and i know that's like a lot of linguistic jargon so i can give you examples like for example in this population a lot of people would say things like instead of saying like oh um the apples are red you would hear things like the apples uh well you would maybe say the determiner um uh you, yeah because even in like you, you could hear like, the apple the apple's red but even that instead of saying app like apples are red you don't have are because that's how it works in Creole. you would just say apple you know ap like, uh, apples red uh or um well that sounds weird but um the opposite red yeah something like that uh or you know you would say instead of saying things like i am sick you say i sick i sick um uh and that was something that um definitely was noticed so we do see these creole traits among the um 
the you know the speakers who are more elderly and more um, uneducated and stuff like that. But you know the the, the thing is, it's like even still, you don't see uh, what we call very Creole teachers. Sometimes, like for example, I didn't see anybody using me as a subject pronoun. The thing is, in Jamaica, it's almost exclusively that in Creole. You would never, almost never, hear people saying I. Um, but that's the part of decreolization. That's an example of what I call, what we call um, decreolization. Instead of saying me, you say I. Like, it, like if you wanted to say like I am sick, in the most Creole way to say it, it would be sick. That's what you would hear in Jamaica, like ma sick, right? But then that could kind of like get decreolized into I sick, and then it can get further decreolized to I sick, like I sick, I is sick, I sick. And you might hear that in, you know, definitely, maybe Igalagichi, um, definitely parts of the Caribbean, um, like Trinidad, you might hear I sick. Um, and, and so you see what I mean, where it's almost, it's very cool to analyze this. Um, and you, sometimes you can almost like, um, like, do, 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 like, get like a speaker that you know will speak a very realized form and intermediate and a very like close to English form. And you could literally see those patterns being displayed with your own eyes in, um, in an experiment you could definitely do that um which is so cool and in, you you might um also do that over time maybe at one point a lot of people would say things um like uh, like for example in guadalupe a lot of people when they want to say i nowadays they say oh but in back in the day most people would say when right um and but in haiti they're still saying when you know that you see what i mean where it's like there's less derealization in haiti um, so it, it's very interesting to look at all of this stuff. Now, one thing, you know, you want to, when you're thinking about decreolization, you want to realize that there's everybody's not at the same starting point. While there are similarities between, for example, in the article I just read about Galagichi, um, people, um, the Creole language is very similar to um, the Creole spoken in, you know, Saint, uh, uh, Sierra Leone. Um, it is also very similar to uh, the speech uh, that you'll hear, the variety that you'll hear in Jamaica and Guyana. Um, but just because something exists in Jamaica and or Guyana or maybe even Sierra Leone doesn't mean that it necessarily existed at one point in um, in the Galagichi community. So that's where you have to be careful and say, okay, well, just because they're doing this, does that mean that like it, it's because are they saying when they're speaking the language, are they speak, using this word because of? Uh, you know, instead of another word because of decreolization, or is it because that other word just simply never existed in their language, right? So that's really important, really, really important to like understand. Like, did Galagichi people ever say me as a subject um, pronoun? It could have been never the case, right? Um, but one thing you want to, um, I guess, um, consider is. Um, well, yeah, so definitely consider that, that, you know, where is your starting point, right? Um, another example that just popped into my head was that typically in English Creole, they is them. So you would say things like, like if you wanted to say they are sick, it would be them sick, right? And that's what you're most likely hear in Jamaica. But in Gullah Geechee, would you hear that nowadays? Probably not. Um, you might still find some very basilic speakers saying things using them as a subject um, pronoun, okay? But most of the time, the decreolized form of dem is de. Not they, but de, like with a D, right? So you could, you, instead of hearing dem sick, you might hear Galagichi people saying, they sick, they sick, 
where they're still not using the verb to be, okay? But they are, um, you know, um, you know, they still are using um, a more creolized form than compared to like what you'd have in like English, right? Um, and one last thing I wanted to say, and I think somehow this was supposed to be the main topic that I, but then I got like carried away in all this like linguistic stuff. But one thing I wanted to talk about is that because of the fact that there's been so much decreolization and there has also been a lot of intermixing between Gullah individuals and maybe non-Gullah individuals, there's also been migration um, into the area, the Gullah Geechee corridor, um, you know, by people who are historically maybe not Gullah Geechee, okay? Uh, and so because of that, we have a situation going on where I feel like a lot of people are talking about like just black American culture and saying, oh yeah, this is Gullah Geechee. And I'm like, um, and okay, so some of the things you have to realize that a lot of black Americans, well, I don't want to say necessarily a lot, but a fair amount of black Americans can perhaps trace their roots to the Gullah Geechee corridor. That's true. But I, I'm very, I don't like when I see some of these content creators saying that they're speaking Gullah Geechee and it's just Southern American English. It's honestly just AAVE, African American Vernacular English. And that is not, that's not Gullah. Okay. And some people have even said that, oh, why my speech just sounds like English is because I'm speaking Geechee and not Gullah. Um, I don't know. You're going to have to make a strong claim for that because the thing is, in terms of the literature that I've read, I've never heard of people personally making uh like what are you saying are you saying that Geechee is creolized english and Gullah is the creole language i've never seen that i've never seen that written in literature if you see it let me know but i've never seen it and i think what we're seeing is that essentially you have these people who are Gullah Geechee but they have no idea how to really really speak the language and what they're doing is they're familiar with traits of the language but not the whole thing and so they're essentially speaking like english with a little bit of creole traits and trying to pass that off as oh this is how Gullah Geechee people speak and it's like i mean maybe nowadays you know in in like the 21st century after all the goddamn decreolization that has gone on but that's not historically how Gullah Geechee people speak right I can easily pull people in my family and you'll hear a totally different accent, a totally different grammatical structure than some of these uh, younger, um, you know, Gullah Geechee uh, content creators who, quite frankly, seems like they don't quite know how to speak Gullah. They just don't. Okay? Like, you can't just throw in, like, old child and ain'ts and stuff like that and think that's Gullah Geechee because it's, uh, it's not. You need to have a whole different grammatical structure and it's not i mean obviously like you might say oh like well okay here's the thing if you do not speak english creole you should not be able to understand all of gullah okay so if you're wondering how do i tell what is real gullah 
or whatever when I see it on like the YouTubes and the etcetera's whatever. Think about this. If you don't speak English Creole and you can understand more than about I well okay, there's going to be mutually intelligible mutual intelligibility regardless. But if you find that you cannot understand um I would say if you find that you can understand every single thing they're saying like over 90 or over 95% of what they're saying and there's no like oh wow like I didn't get that part at all then they're not speaking gulla okay they're not because if you don't speak english creole guess what there should be vocabulary there should be grammatical constructions like you know uh interesting syntax and whatnot that you just don't get okay um and if you don't have that then they're not speaking it they're just speaking a creolized form of english or a, you can maybe say a dialect of english it might honestly just be ave if they're really not even putting any effort into it okay um and did gulla influence ave i mean maybe definitely um i definitely but we are not going to confuse the two because what we do not want is for people to just think that gulla is just ooh black americans or african americans that is not that's not no I was just reading uh in a um a biomedical jur uh, uh journal there was a study published where they took genetic samples from people who were Gullagichi and compared it to other black Americans like people they used samples from Mississippi and um rural parts of South Carolina and Florida and they found significant differences genetic in the genetic ancestral makeup of the Gullagichi people in the sample compared to their samples from non-Gullagichi communities, okay? So that already should let you know that Gullagichi people are not just regular degular African Americans, okay? Um you know, one interesting thing from a genetic standpoint is that Gullagichi people are uh that study concluded that they are the most African group in the United States. Um for some odd reason, uh there are some Louisiana Creoles who have convinced themselves that they are the most African group in the United States. I don't know where that would even come from when Louisiana Creoles are known and have a um a stereotype of being mixed race, but I think it's because Louisiana Creoles um they have uh been um they have retained um um African cultural elements that are not retained in the general uh you know in the black american population and so i i could i guess i could see now why um some louisiana creoles especially if they are louisiana creole that is predominantly african um like one of the descendants remember i made that video um like one of the sen- descendants who of black francophones like the um the people who were um who are francophone but they're um but you know they were enslaved um and they come from largely predominantly enslaved um you know families and uh family lines right um and that's not the case for a lot for um some creoles who were um you know like the stereotypical like you know free people of color whatever whatever but some louisiana creoles are mainly you know of african descent and they are mainly descended from those populations and so they might definitely see uh retention of african uh culture even in the food ways you know when we talk about the jambalayas and stuff like that um that's something right there um but genetically louisiana creoles on average are very european okay um very far more european than the average um black american okay like to give you the numbers um the average louisiana creole 
uh, well, let's start with Black American. The average Black American is between 20 and 24 uh, percent European. I think 24 percent is a large number, but you want to know why? Thanks to the one drop rule, you have people who are white as hell identifying as Black, for lack of a better term. Regardless, okay, um, we have so 20, I'll say 20 to 24 percent European for Black Americans. For Louisiana Creoles, uh, the average Louisiana Creole is about, um, I'm trying to think about what Masana said in his video, about 40% European. I think it's, it's a very high number. Um, and what's funny is that, you know, my grandmother, who is very Creole, um, 100% Creole, she is, like, that's literally her, like, her genetic makeup, essentially, um, which is very interesting. Um, and so, the, so you can see with Black American, 20-24% European, the average Creole will say uh, between 35% and 45% European. Um, and the average Gullah Geechee is about, according to the study I just read, is uh, about 9 to 10% European. So do you see that difference? That's why I was blown away when, you know, Louisiana Creoles were trying to, like, somebody once um, in a group chat was like, oh, the Louisiana Creoles are the most African group. I was like, are you kidding me? They are, like, the least, the least. Um, but the Gullah Geechee people are known for being very African. As I read in the intro, they are known for being, they were isolated. Um, a lot of them were on islands, for example. And, if, you know, I read books where a lot of the time how it would go was um, the master would have all of his enslaved people on an island, okay? And he would have a residence on the island, or maybe not. And he would live mainly on the man mainland. So they were literally just there. There were probably overseers and stuff of that nature there, you know, to make sure production was going as it should. But the masters were doing god knows what on the mainland they weren't even there so when we talk about like the proximity and stuff like that's why galagiti people on average don't have that uh, you know all that european ancestry the average galagiti person according to the study i believe uh the number was 90.9 percent african that's an extremely large number and i can tell you for my family that is 100 percent galagiti they are that number like for example my grandfather just tested he is well over 90 percent african uh, very interesting to see that they um, were able to kind of keep their genetic um, so um, I guess purely African in that sense right uh, at, you know but that's just kind of the case and how that worked um, eventually I'll talk about how there was migration and how um, there were like areas such as like Charleston where that had a one of the largest uh, free people of color populations in the country uh, and 75% of the free people of color there were of mixed race, but a lot of the people of mixed race did have you know, Gullah Geechee ancestry um, and um, stuff like that, which is very interesting. So um, I think I'm going to like, I wanted to keep this at about 30 minutes, but I always end up getting, you know, something else, but never too distracted, right? It's all related. It's not like I'm talking about like cattails or something randomly or whatever, but, um, I think my main point is that one of the takeaway messages that I want uh, you all to retain is that, you know, the Gullah Geechee people are uh, definitely a, a unique group. They are separate um, and distinct group from um, black Americans. OK, um, they uh, were located in isolated regions along the coast and um, and uh, islands off the American uh, Southern American coast um, from the southern part of North Carolina to the northern part of florida and just slightly inward so if you are from any of those states that i mentioned and your family's from the middle or the western part you're not galagichi okay um that's just how it worked it was like coastal and island um and 
that's why we call it a corridor. It's like a long, skinny, um, what you call it. Uh, and and so yeah, and you know, you definitely want to know that Gullah um, is a Creole language as well. It's a separate language from English, um, but it is declining. It's not necessarily what we call disappearing, but a, a really, I don't remember who said this, but a really, um, you know, a, a more appropriate term to speak realization because it's not like, it, it's just kind of, it's disappearing in an interesting form where it's just that people's speech are becoming less and less Gullah and more and more English, right? Um, and that's that. And I think there's a tendency, that's why I brought up one of my other takeaways. Um, one of my other main takeaways is that don't try to pass off uh, African-American culture as Gullah um, you can't just sit up there and talk with a southern accent uh, and use y'all and ain't and chillin' and think that's Galagichi. That is not. Um, there are a lot more vocabulary words. If somebody were to really speak Galagichi to some of these people, they probably would not understand. Um, and that's that. And I mean, you know, some people might say, well, what if they're just speaking an acrylate, acrylate version? And if you don't like know the term, it's like a, a version of essentially speaking a dialect of Galagichi that's closer to English. Wouldn't that still count as Galagichi? Um, yes, but it, it becomes a question of, okay, well, where do we draw the line? Is this person speaking uh, an, an anglicized Creole or are they speaking a Creolized English? Those are tough linguistic questions um, that need to be answered. And I'm someone where I ideally, I want the language to survive and to continue. So I like to have Creole in the most conservative of its forms, meaning that I like, um, if, if you're going to speak Creole or or whatever, or even when I try to speak Creole, I try to speak it in the most furthest version from the mother language. Like, I, I ideally, I think Galagichi should be spoken in the variety that is the most farthest from English and retain those words that are of African origin and retain, you know, just because that's, that's how the language was spoken by our ancestors. Our ancestors were not speaking you know this watered down version of creole they were speaking even my own grandmother i, I honestly i i've and grandparents i i've had people um he have hear my grandparents and they don't understand them which is foreign to me because like i grew up with them so it's like this is normal speech to me but i'm like oh crud i didn't even realize this was like creolized forms that they use sometimes that, along with the accent it is hard to understand and they're not even speaking the most creolized form uh, or full-on galagichi so it really can get far from English. Okay, that's it for today, guys. Um, stay tuned for more.